This morning, um, we're, we're going to look at uh, mainly uh, the passage from John 13. So if you have your Bibles, good that you bring your Bibles to church. If not, there's probably a few in the row, uh, maybe under the seats in front of you. But um, we're going to be looking at John 13, and it's verses 34 and 35. And uh, I'll read those for us in just a minute. And that'll be the main passage that I wanted to uh, to discuss this morning. And um, some of you are asking when we're going to get back into Genesis. And uh, we will start that again next week. We've had um, a few weeks off um, for different reasons. And, of course, we had our Good Friday service. And uh, before that, we had um, Palm Sunday. We had Good Friday. We had Easter, a Resurrection Sunday. Uh, and there was a couple of weeks that I had off. Um, we'll be sharing about that and why I wasn't here um, and then this morning I wanted to share just a, sort of a special message uh, on behalf of me and my family uh, about the events that have happened uh, in our, our family's life over the last six weeks. Um, but next week we'll get back into our study of Genesis. And uh, that study has been amazing because it is titled, that series is titled Foundations. The future begins here. <coughs> Excuse me. And so... Um, it's, it's, if we, if we believe that the Lord is coming back soon, we don't put a date on it and soon could be a year. It could be five years. It could be a hundred years. We don't know. Only the father knows, but we say soon because we want it to be soon, first of all. And, uh, we wake up every morning and we say, Oh, I have something new that hurts. Lord Jesus, come <laughs> give me that. Right. But we want it to be soon so we could see him face to face. But we see what's going on in our world, and I think every generation past, you know, has thought that that this was close. But um, we look through the scriptures and we see certain things coming to pass. We see trends and patterns, and we say, "Lord Jesus, how much longer?" And we see the suffering in the world, and we say, "How much more can you tolerate, Lord Jesus, of your creation and what is going on?" And uh, we leave that in His hands, but. You know, at the same time, we see what's happening, and and you know what? I'm a firm believer that we take the Bible literally, and if we're going to understand a book like Revelation, or we're going to understand the prophecies about what's going to happen, we first need to realize how it all started. And that's why we're going through the book of Genesis, because if you want to know the end, you have to know the beginning. If you ever walk in, in a movie late, halfway through, you're lost about what's going on, like what all happened, and... You know, how do these characters develop and then what is it that's happening and why is it going to take place? So that's why we're studying the book of Genesis, because it is the foundation for the rest of Scripture, for all of the other 65 books of the Bible. And it tells us God's plan, right? Things that have to be fulfilled. And so that's why we're studying that amazing book like Genesis. But for this morning, um, what I'd like to do is this, um, you know, um, uh, some of you know this. Many of you know bits and pieces of our story that I'm about to share. But I, I really felt like this morning uh, the Lord put it on my heart to to share a little bit more detail so that all of you know and people listening at home or listen to this message later um, have a, a bit of a clearer picture um, of what's going on. And, and some of you have kind of heard this and that. You've seen some things on Facebook. and um, But I wanted to share with you... Um, just uh, a bit about what we've been through. And through it all, I'm really doing this to say thank you. Thank you to each one of us, uh, for each one of you for helping us 
um, uh, get through this time and even allowing us to be here this morning. Um, so it was um, it was a, a number of months ago that we had actually about a year in the making that we had uh, known that it was time for uh, me and my family to invite my my father, who many of you know, uh, to come and live with us so we could care for him and take care of him, and we believe uh, that that's an honor. And Scripture calls us to care for our family as best that we can, and so we had been looking forward to that, but it was time to start those plans, and so we started that process, and um, <clears throat> it came to be about uh, the, in February, we started to, to, in earnest, pack up his, his home up in Westfield, and a home that uh, that he and my mom purchased about 52 years ago. And um, we uh, are so grateful for their legacy. And, um, you know, my mom passed uh, about six years ago, almost seven. And um, and so uh, my dad was still in that house with my brother, Ed. And um, uh, it was uh, on uh, March 5th that it came to the day. That it was moving day for them. And so we moved my dad in with us. And my brother moved out to a, a, another place. And so, and that was different for him as well because he grew up in that house and never moved out and lived there for uh, all almost all of his 58 years and um so that was an exciting day but a difficult day and um an emotional day um for all of us but um that was uh March 5th it was a Friday or a Monday um 4 days later March 9th um uh, myself and my son-in-law, Ben, um, tested positive for COVID. And we had started coughing, and that was sort of the first uh, sign. And then later that week, um, Claudia tested positive as well. And, you know, when you have all these people living in one house, we know it's kind of difficult, right? But through most of that time, my dad was the only one who was not sick. And we praise God for that. But... Um, uh, uh, that weekend, um, my daughter Lauren tested positive. We found out that uh, my brother Ed, who was we were with him on the move day, he also tested positive. And um, and then um, a little while later, a few days later, my dad finally did test positive. Um, on Monday, March 15th, we signed the closing documents to my father's house in Westfield. But it was under just different circumstances. We hadn't planned and. We had kind of planned, at least in my mind, to celebrate that and to honor him and gather at the house and bring my brother back and, and do all that. But because of COVID, um, mainly, we weren't able to do that. And so I was the first one to really start recovering. And so I went there and, and myself finished packing up that house and hired the movers and, and did all that. And, um, you know, that's stressful to begin with, but especially when you're recovering from that and your family is, is home still sick and, if any of you have had COVID, you know, and we all kind of experience it differently. Um, but uh, for us, we got hit pretty hard. And it was one of those things where people describe it like a real bad flu and serious flu. You can't even get out of bed. And just the thought of getting up to go get a cup of soup or something is just, it's like, it feels like this monumental task, you know. And um, and that was difficult and that lingered for uh, for a long time. But then um, uh, two days after we, we signed those closing documents, which is a whole story in and of itself about how we had to do that in the era of COVID, um, March 17th, my dad had to go to the hospital because that had a serious infection, and it was there that he tested positive for COVID. Um, so he was battling COVID and an infection. 
the next day, my son-in-law, Ben, had to go to the hospital because where I started to get much better, he got worse. And we had been tracking in our symptoms up till then, first four or five days, and he developed um, pneumonia in both lungs and had to go in and was on oxygen and um, different uh, medicines. And um, it was uh, a quite a difficult time. And, of course, uh, my daughter Lauren, his wife, was uh, just home wearing and, and we were all praying for him and uh, on the phone. And so uh, here was my dad and my son-in-law at the same hospital, uh, just different floors, um, for uh, eight days, just about the same week. And, um, uh, of course, because of COVID, we really couldn't go in and visit them. And so that was difficult. So there was some FaceTiming with my son-in-law and, and trying to, to do that. Um, so um, my dad was in the hospital for three days when we found out that my brother, who had just moved out of the house a week earlier, passed away suddenly. And uh, most of you know that. And um, my brother, Ed, had stage four cancer. And I think so many of you have been praying for him, and, and, and we do we have appreciated that for so long. Um, but since he developed COVID as well, um, he died alone in his uh, sleep, and uh, it was really sad for us. And um, it's hard to, of course, even think about and process. We haven't had much time to process that, you know. And um, and so he, he um, uh, you know, we, we just believe that the Lord took him and um, that uh, just the combination of those things was too much. And uh, we knew that because of the stage of cancer that that would be, um, seemed like what the Lord would use to take him home. Um, but we just really did not believe that it would be under those circumstances that it would be that quick. And so that, of course, in our whole story was the most devastating thing to happen right in the midst of that. Um, and then it was, um, you know, beginning the planning of a funeral and a memorial to celebrate his life uh, while we were still um, had um, people in the hospital and we still had uh, ourselves at home recovering from uh, COVID. And, you know, the symptoms can linger. You know, you don't have all your energy back or even your your mind about you. There's this, this really common thing that people call COVID brain. I don't know if any of you have heard of that. Maybe some of you are having that right now. But uh, it's kind of this weird thing where you just have this continued fog even when you start to feel better. And so we were planning for um, for my brother's funeral in the midst of that. And um, on March 25th, after, again, eight days, uh, my uh, my dad and uh, my son-in-law, Ben, came home from the hospital. I think it was the same day, if I can remember right, which is amazing. Um, and that was the 25th. And then uh, the next day, the 26th, was my brother's funeral. And the rest of us, uh, my son-in-law couldn't go, but my dad and the rest of us tested uh, negative the day before the funeral so we could all go uh, and make sure that we weren't going to, um, you know, pass it on to any of our loved ones. And um, I'll pause there for a second and say that, um, you know, through all of this, there are so many other stories, as you can imagine. And I know that you can all relate. We've lost loved ones and we've been sick and we've gone through difficult trials and, and sufferings and tribulation. Um, but every step of the way, God has blessed us. And you know when you're going through so many difficulties, you know how hard it is, right? You know how hard it is to see it. You know it's there and people send you scriptures and you, you read the word and you pray and you, you know it. But you need to be reminded of it because it's often so difficult to see. 
But through it all, God was with us every step of the way. And even at my brother's funeral, um, we got to meet so many of his friends who we never knew. Uh, he had his own community. He was eight years older than me, and he loved music, so he had a lot of friends from the music community and and uh, people we had heard names, and they just came out in droves and uh, just putting you know faces to names and to hear the stories that they would share with us about things that he said and did and times they were together and trips they took and laughing. You know, we got how cathartic that was and healing for us because we got to see a glimpse into his life that was really his private life, but we just didn't know about. But to see how loved he was and how valued he was and how cherished he still is. And we continue to get texts and Facebook messages and stuff about how they miss him. And through all we were going through, God blessed us in that way. So that was the 26th and 27th of March. The following week was uh, Easter Sunday. We were here back in church. And then um, uh, a week later, we closed on our new house. Many of you knew that we were uh, buying a house so my dad could come live with us. And um, uh, we closed on the house on April 12th, which was also my birthday. So, you know, God blessed us there and that it was a special day to celebrate. Uh, the purchase of a house, the, the beginning of a new season in life, my dad moving in with us, and, um, you know, and also on April 12th, by the way, uh, Reagan Grace Zaborowski was born. And uh, I know we sent an email about that, and we celebrate, and Steve is not here. He's already using the baby excuse, where he's just like, oh, I was up all night, I can't come to church. But I was gracious, I texted him, I said, it's okay, brother, it's all good. But if he tries next week, I think maybe, you know, no, I'm just joking. But they, uh, you've been getting those emails. They're doing well. They're doing well. And, um, just, you know, how, you know, if you've been through that, um, it can be difficult adjusting, right? And coming home. And, and so that's what they're doing. But, uh, and she was born, uh, on my birthday, which was, um, a little sad for me because I don't want to share my birthday with anybody, you know, but, uh, but, um, anyway, they're doing well. And uh, so that was April 12th. And then, um, which was a week ago, and then yesterday, the 17th, we moved in to our new home. And um, it, the movers arrived, the moving company arrived at 8 a.m., and they left at 8 p.m., and it was quite a day. Uh, but I have to say, just as a side note, another blessing. Again, I could share for hours story after story about how even in hindsight, right, you can look back and see how God provided every step of the way. But these movers were great. We invited them to stay for dinner before they left. They were from New York. We had pizza, and they stayed together. Um, the first meal we were able to share with visitors in our new home, and we were able to pray over them before they were gone. And then even one of them, uh, as the rest of the crew left to get in the van, one of them stayed to do a couple dishes that he had made while he was eating. And so um, that was just a beautiful way to, to end the evening. Uh, and then it's waking up this morning saying, where is my shoes and, and what box is my hair dryer in? And that was my biggest fear. I went to sleep thinking, where is the hair dryer? Or else I'd have to go to church wearing a hat and I'd have to explain that to all of you. So, But that's just a glimpse. That's just a glimpse of what we've been through. And um, 
it's a it's a season of change and a time of transition and we all know what that's like because life is full of change and in transition we know what it's like to be stressed and and to experience anxiety and and depression when you lose a, a loved one and um you know you, you try to go through that time of adjustment but there, and then there's seasons in life when you you get the sense that everything is just being piled on one after the other. Did you ever experience that where just as you think maybe you're, you're, you're climbing out of a hole, something pushes you down again? Or, or you're, you're walking along and carrying a burden and all of a sudden here comes another burden and you cry out to God and say, God, how much more? How much more can I carry? How much more can I take? But again, through it all, God was with us. God is with us every step of the way. Do you know that Jesus never promised that life would be easy? But he did promise that he would always be with us. He told his disciples um, before he ascended back to the Father, he said, and I'll, I'll be with you always, even till the end of the age. We may pray for the end of the age, but Jesus is with us every step of the way. But church, here's the thing for this morning, and it will bring us to our scripture how does he do that? How does he walk with us every step of the way? How does God lift us up when we keep falling down? How does God help us move forward when we keep feeling like more weight is being placed on our shoulders? How does he bless us during times of difficulty and distress? And here's the word that God keeps bringing to mind for me. Community. Most often, from my experience of walking with the Lord, I have seen God bless through other people. That's how God blesses us. He sends other people into our lives. Community by Him communing with us through others. Community by us spending time and communing with other believers. It is about relationship. There's this old saying in Christian circles that it's not about religion, it's about relationship. And that is so true. Because we need each other. We need each other. You know, the church is not a building. We say we're going to church, I'm going to spend a little while at church, and we understand that, but Do you realize that scripturally the building is not a church? We are the church. The church is the group of people. It's called the ecclesia, the the called out ones. The ones that are called out, those that are believers in the Lord Jesus, to gather together. We are the called out ones, called out to then live life together in community. It is about relationships. It is us. This is us, the church. God brings believers together to live the Christian life in community, to encourage each other, to celebrate with each other, to mourn with each other. That's how we get through life. That's how we get through living this life each and every day. Relationships, especially those in our community of faith, our community of hope, and our community of love. John 13, 34, 35, that I had you turn to earlier. Here's what it says. 
A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. And by this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Now, you may have heard that statement by Jesus before, but can I give you some context to that? Because uh, as we say in in um, uh, in, in uh, the pastor community, as we're preparing sermons, context is king. That's what we say. Because you don't want to take any scripture out of context, right? And so here is the context of what Jesus was saying. When he said, a new commandment I have for you to love one another, and that's how the world is going to know you're my followers, because you're loving each other. Do you know when Jesus said that? It was the night before the Last Supper. See, we just recently um, celebrated Palm Sunday, that beginning of Holy Week, or what we call Passion Week. It was that day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem for the last time on a donkey and presented himself uh, as king uh, and for the people of Jerusalem to welcome him in. And then a, a week later, we, we solemnly remembered his death on the cross, his betrayal, his death on what we call Good Friday. And then three days later, of course, we gathered back together on Resurrection Sunday to celebrate the empty tomb. But the day before Good Friday, in, in some Christian circles, in, in, in Christian history and tradition, is, is known as Monday Thursday. Now, it's not one that we regularly celebrate here. Some of the more, say, what we call high church, um, you know, denominations might do that. But throughout church history, many believers have gotten together on the Thursday before Good Friday to remember something that Jesus did. It's got this funny name to it, Monday, M-A-U-N-D-Y, Monday, Thursday. What that word means simply is commandment. Monday comes from the Latin word mandatum, means mandate or commandment. So on the Thursday before Good Friday, many believers get together to remember what Jesus did with his small group of disciples on the day before the Last Supper. Do you remember what Jesus did with his disciples? It says he did this on the day before the Last Supper. He got together with his disciples and he washed their feet. He served his disciples. Jesus washed their feet. They didn't understand it. And they said, Jesus, there's no way I'm letting you wash my feet. And he said, you have to let me because this shows our, it's a, it's symbolic of our common bond together. And he washed their feet. And you know what happened right after he washed their feet? And they had a meal. One of them betrayed him. It was Judas. And right after Judas left the room, and they all knew it was him, right after Judas, one of the twelve left. He washed their feet. He washed his feet. Judas betrayed him. And right after that, Jesus says, he left the room. He says, I have a new commandment for you. You are to love one another. In the midst of what he just showed them, by example, in washing their feet, Judas betrays him. And Jesus says, I'm not going to have any more of that in my church. 
We are to love one another. In fact, he says that's how we're going to know that we are the church by loving each other. And that's how the world is going to know because they're going to see us loving each other. Now, we hear a lot of talk about how we are to love the world and care for others because the scripture is full of how we are to care for the, the poor and the widows and the downtrodden because that is God's heart. But do you know that it starts with each one here? Jesus said, I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit, right? The church was born on Pentecost. All believers are filled with the Holy Spirit. We are to gather together. We've been given spiritual gifts by that Holy Spirit to bless each other. It all is about the church because this is where it starts. This is where we learn the truth. We are equipped. And then we grow, right? We're discipled. And then we go and we serve That's the evangelism, do you see? That's the way it's supposed to work, where we tell others that the tomb is empty. We tell others about how there can be peace and hope in Christ Jesus, because without Him we are doomed to eternity, separated from our Creator. But it all starts with the church. And Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And I'm sending the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. But until I come back, here's your mission. Go and make disciples. But in order for you to do that, in order for you to go, in order for you to baptize, in order for you to teach them, like he tells us in the Great Commission, he says you cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. Remember he said, wait, wait in Jerusalem. Ten days later the Holy Spirit came so that they could do it. But he said, here's the common bond. It's love. Isn't it interesting that Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you. Does that sound new? I mean, shouldn't they have known that they had to love each other? Well, no, it was new because there wasn't always a lot of love going on. I mean, it was epitomized in what Judas did. And then Jesus said, love one another because we'll have no more of that. But see, these were a ragtag group of guys from from different backgrounds, different worldviews, different temperaments and personalities. It wasn't always easy for them three and a half years. So Jesus says, look, while I'm gone, you need to be loving each other. And that's the only way you're going to succeed in carrying out my mission. It's the only way that you can really live out the Christian life that common bond of love, and that's the way the world is going to know there's something different about you. But it's going to be His love in us. You know, today, in our world, there's a lot of talk about labels, about identity. We talk so much, we hear so much in the news about uh, different ways that people want to identify themselves, and people putting labels on others, and and us may be doing that as well, and, and there's a lot of uh, discussion about that, and what does that look like? And nobody wants to be labeled, like, I'm more than a number, I'm more than just a, a title, you know? But you know what? As Christians, we should gladly accept one label, and that is a follower of Christ. When you say you're a Christian, you are placing a label on yourself, saying, I am a Christ follower. I believe in Jesus Christ. As God as the only way to salvation, because that's what he said. Do you see you're putting a label on yourself? But you know what Jesus said? He said you're identifying quality. You're identifying characteristic when you put on that label is love. Jesus said, I have a new commandment for you. And that is love. 
Because the relationship of us with Christ is now exemplified with each other. See, Christ is the head of the church. But we are to love one another. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Paul says it this way. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. See, we need each other, church, but we need to love each other. We are called in Galatians 2, again by Paul, to carry each other's burdens. Did you know that? I remember a couple of years ago, uh, Brother Steve, who's our worship director here, he, he shared a story with me, excuse me, about how he went hiking with some friends and and they went hiking, it was somewhere here in Jersey, up a mountain, and they all had their backpacks on, and they were carrying their water and their gear and probably extra shoes and all that. And it was a pretty heavy backpack, and they were climbing up this mountain, but one in their group was not in such great shape. And so he was lagging behind, and it got to the point in their hike later on in the day that he had to keep stopping this this friend of theirs and, and sit down on the rocks and and take a break because he was so winded and his legs were tired. But the rest of the group wanted to keep going, but they felt bad for him. So you know what they did? I mean, they really had two options. They could have left him behind, or they could have helped him. So one by one, the friends gathered around him, and they took pieces out of his backpack and put it into theirs so that his burden was be, would be lighter. They carried extra burden, his Burden his things from his backpack so they could all continue on as a group. That's what we are to do. Jesus said that's what you're to do together. If somebody in your group, in your community is mourning and hurting and carrying more burdens than they think that they can, they can carry. We know that God provides, but you know how God will carry you through? By sending other people into your life to help carry a burden. And one by one, other people, friends and family, especially your community of faith, will somehow in some special way take a part of that burden off of you and help you carry it so you can get to where you need to be healthy and strong and moving together. See, that is what the church is called to do for one another. Hebrews 10 tells us, never, listen, to never forsake are gathering together. The writer of Hebrews said it that way. He said, don't ever stop getting together. That's what forsake means. Don't stop getting together. Why would he say that? Because it's essential that we are part of a faith community because that's how we can live what we call the victorious Christian life. That's how we get through each and every day and all of our burdens and struggles. But even in times of rejoicing, would you rather just sit at home and rejoice by yourself in something God did in your life? Wouldn't you rather share that with others and they can rejoice with you? That's what we want to do. Acts 2.42. A beautiful passage about the community of faith getting together. Listen to these words, church, from, from Acts chapter 2. This is Luke who wrote the, his gospel and he wrote the book of Acts talking about the early church. Here's how he describes, listen, the first group of Christians. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. 
and they were selling their possessions and, and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Is that awesome? Why was the Lord adding to their number day by day? Don't you think there were people outside of that, that church, that faith community, looking in saying, look at these people. They might have nothing, but their friends are helping them. Somebody who's got, who's got two things is selling one so they can give the, the funds to somebody else. They had everything in common. But what were they doing all day? They were rejoicing, praising God, sharing stories, living life together day by day. See, the church community is not just about an hour on Sunday. It's about all the other hours in between as well, even more importantly. Because we are designed by Jesus Christ to live this life together. You know, in this era of COVID and quarantines and all that, we want to be safe. That's why we wear masks on our way in and our way out. We're still doing that. We want to live stream. We were live streaming. Our live stream is just about up and running. We should have that in a week or two. And it's good to use tools like that, right? You go to Facebook and live stream. You can watch videos of, of past services. And those tools are good and we can use them because you can still feel like you're part of a community when you can't be there in person. But listen, nothing can replace being together in person. Can I get an amen to that? Really nothing can. Whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, as a believer you need it. Maybe you don't even realize it. But you need it. To stay on track. To stay on your, your faith path. Jesus instructed his disciples on the night before he was betrayed. The Passover meal, that communion meal, right? He told them that he was about to leave. But the night before that, he showed them what it looked like to love each other by washing their feet. And let's not miss that. Love is an action word. Jesus didn't just say, love each other and read all about loving. Read all you can, learn all you can about that word and its meaning. And study it and learn it and go around saying the word, I love you, I love you. Jesus says, this is how I'm going to love you tonight. Because tomorrow night is our last night together. I'm going to wash your feet. And they were astounded. Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, God Himself, stooped down low to wash the dirty feet of His disciples, who gave Him all kinds of trouble for three and a half years. And He washed their feet. Because love is an action word. He said, this is how you are to treat one another. With humility and with respect and with kindness. And showing goodness to each other. Judas was about to betray him. And the group. Jesus was saying, you can't be my witness if you betray me or your brothers and sisters. He said, this is how you're going to love. And he washed their feet. So how do we love? We look to Christ as our ultimate example, for He is love. God did not just tell us how to love. God Himself is love, a concept we truly can't even 
comprehend, but God himself is love. Jesus himself was the embodiment of love. So how do we love him and love each other? Well, it starts by following Christ. And then we treat each other humbly, thinking of others before we think of ourselves. Doing what Jesus did, acts of kindness, washing feet, bringing medicine and meals when we're sick at home with COVID, texting us, calling us, FaceTiming us, running to get medicine for us. We had a friend that came over and disinfected the whole house with this special cleaner. And we had to leave for a few hours just so we could come back and, and get a sense of, of feeling healthy. You know when you're sick for a long time and you feel like your house is just full of germs, right? You're just like, I'm going to keep being sick. It all starts from the heart. Love is an action word, but it starts with the heart. In 1 John 4, it says, we love... Because he first loved us. What, what a great verse to memorize. We love only because Jesus first loved us. We can try to do something kind of like love. But true love, the love of a believer comes from a new heart. God said that it will replace our hearts of stone with a heart of flesh. That we have a new heart. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. That old is gone and the new has now come. And how do we keep putting on that newness each and every day? By loving. But we only do it because He first loved us. I have to say, on behalf of my family, we now have an even deeper appreciation for the value of community. We knew it. We've experienced it before, but nothing ever like this. Especially the value of our faith community, the support and prayers. It all comes from that common bond of love. And we felt it. We were humbled. We are grateful that all of you and so many others helped to carry our burden and we can never truly express our thanks. My encouragement to all of you this morning, continue to love. Learn how to love from God and His Word and His Son, and then show that love to others. Because Scripture also says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. None of us is perfect. We all are part of dysfunctional families, right? I mean, all of us here are like the good ones, right? And the perfect ones. Everybody else makes it dysfunctional. But a church family is also a dysfunctional family. I mean, look around. I mean, you know, you can look around and see who's the dysfunctional part, right? And you think to yourself, why would I want to, why would I want to add another dysfunctional family to my life? Rick, I love you so much. No, it's not about Rick. Yeah. But you know, but that's the beauty of it. Relationships are messy. They can be difficult. But they are absolutely essential, whether we like it or not. Jesus designed designed the church this way, to be in community, to be together, to be a group, right? 1 Corinthians 13. 
You know, this is a passage most often used at weddings. But there's a reason for that. Because at weddings, aren't we talking about a beautiful relationship? The beginning of a new relationship. And so oftentimes the the pastor will read from 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter in all of Scripture. So let's see, the context is more than just a marriage relationship. It's about that common bond of all relationships, especially of brothers and sisters in Christ. So you want to know how to love each other as a church? Here it is. And this is what we experienced in the last six weeks from all of you. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but I don't have love, I'm just like a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Even if I have a prophetic power and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all perfect faith, so as to even remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Because love is patient and love is kind. Love does not envy and it doesn't boast. It is not arrogant or even rude. It does not insist in its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. Because love bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things. Love never fails. We can show love in many ways, but it starts with the new heart. To glorify God, to be His witness. The world needs to see and to know. You know, every person that you meet throughout the week wants to be loved. We all want to be loved and to love others and and to have it done unconditionally because that's how Christ loves us. That passage I just read shows how we love unconditionally, right? So I want to close by just saying thank you. I want to thank all of you on behalf of my family. We have been sharing the last few days just the amazing blessings. And I just think there's so many that we haven't even seen yet or recognized that because of what we're going through, you go through the motions, right? And you're sick, you're in the hospital. The devastating loss of a loved one comes out of nowhere. And you're trying to close on a house, which is stressful enough, buy a new house, trying to navigate people helping and building in your house and moving. And Our, our move date changed three times. But God blessed through it all. And uh, the movers left at 8 p.m. last night, and we just sat there and kind of speechless. But thank you to all of you. Thank you for the meals. Thank you for shopping for medicine for us. Thank you for all the calls and the texts and the cards. Thank you for all the prayers, the prayer support. Our two kids, our two of our kids, uh, Luke and Julia, came back. Julia came back from college. Luke came back from Hawaii, took time off his job to help us, to be with us, to mourn the death of my brother together. We have two doctors that are special in our lives too. Dr. Prema helped us out so much, her and her husband, giving us so much advice. Um, a dear close friend of the family, one of Lauren's friends from college, is an ER doctor in New York, getting advice from her as well. 
And they were both on the same page, by the way. It was, it was all good advice. Backing each other up, you know. And uh, what a blessing that was, just to have people in your life that you know, that you're close with, and that love you and care about you and um, just helping you through it, that have a knowledge and experience that you'll never have. And Because when you're sick and you're fearful and feel for, fearful for others and loved ones, Asking those questions and getting answers can, having that knowledge and those answers can mean all the difference. Helped us tremendously. You know, earlier I shared that story about uh, Steve on his hike and how his friends carried the burden. That's like what just happened with us over the last six weeks. We were on a long hike up a high mountain with obstacle after obstacle and the weight of what we were carrying just growing heavier and heavier every step of the way. But along the way, God used each of you and many others to open our backpack, to take something out, to lighten the load, and you placed it in your pack to carry it for us. How many stories I could tell from my son-in-law Ben's roommate in the hospital, who he got to talk to, share his love for God with, who he now texts with on a regular basis, to all the wonderful friends of my brother Ed and all the stories they shared that helped carry us through. Learning about the community that he was part of so we could celebrate him all the more. There's so many people grieving loss these days. It seems unprecedented, does it? Because we live in unprecedented times. And people are grieving, grieving loss in so many ways. I want to encourage you, you know, Allow yourself to grieve. Allow yourself to go through that process. It hurts. It can be confusing. It's unsettling. But we are to grieve. Just don't do it alone. Because there are people that love you. And there are people that share a common bond of faith and of love. When you cry out to the Lord, He will hear you. He will bless you and He will do it by sending other people, special people, into your life along the path to help carry your burden. Never underestimate the power of community, especially the church community, the faith community, the hope community, the community of love. This is how the world will know us. So church, let it be known. Let's pray together. Father, our hearts are yours. That, that's our desire. We know that we are new in you, but yet each and every day brings its challenges, its difficulties. But Father, you simply call us to continue to trust you and to continue to worship you through it all. Father, we confess that it can be very difficult sometimes, especially in the thick of difficulties and tribulations, to worship you, to see the blessings you have for us to see how it is you're going to carry us through. But God, remind us of nothing else this morning, that you will bless us through other people, through special friends, those of a common bond of faith and of hope and of love. But thank you, God, that we can love each other because you first loved us. Father, may we take to heart that new commandment that you have for your church that we are to love each other and thereby showing the world who you are 
because you are love. Father, we, we bless you. We end our time by singing a song of praise to you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.